Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home. Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I'm your host, Joey Burgoyne, and joining me this morning is Ron Katz. He's the Director of Advancement and External Relations for the New England Air Museum, a museum that's been in Connecticut for a long time, and if you haven't visited, I think everyone needs to go. And Ron, I think you'd agree with me on that one. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely, Joey. Thanks. It's uh, it's my pleasure to be with you. It's, uh, it's an incredible organization. We're actually celebrating our 60th anniversary uh, in Windsor Locks this year. And that's the thing. The museum has been around a while, and I mean, it's nestled, I guess you could say, you know, quietly behind the airport. So you got a great view of an airport. There's a bunch of stuff in that area, but the Air Museum has a lot of things that, you know, families can do together. There's a, there's events always going on. There's some great history in the museum, being a museum, but it's a look at not just aeronautical history, but Connecticut's history. Connecticut played a very big role in the advancement of airplanes and such. That, that's right. When you look at the collection that we have, we have, we have uh, over 100 aircraft in our collection altogether. Um, at any point in time, we've got about 60 on display. But when you look at uh, where those aircraft are from, uh, you know, engines manufactured by Pratt & Whitney here in Connecticut, uh, propellers from Hamilton Standard uh, going back decades, um, certainly Sikorsky, Command Corporation, um, companies that like, like Vought, which is no longer in Connecticut, but uh, was here for many years. So Connecticut has an, an incredible uh, history of producing the world's best aircraft or, or being, and being part of that industry, uh, and that continues today. And one of the neat things is, you know, you look, you're, you're, you're ensconced in the history, but one of the events coming up kind of is, I guess we could say the future coming up the 15th of February, Drone Day. Right. We, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we were trying to do a lot of different kinds of events to, uh, that are of interest to different audiences. Uh, so Drone Day is, uh, is a new event we started a little bit last year. Uh, we've built upon it this year. It's going to be a great big event. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with our open cockpits, which we've had for a long time. Now we're trying to add themes to those. So this will be an open cockpit day where people can come and climb in the cockpits of jets and helicopters and other aircraft, but also experience uh, what the world of drones is all about. We have professionals from different uh, fields who work with drones who will be there. Uh, we have people from the FAA who will be talking about regulations of drones. How to, if you're interested in getting a drone license, how you go about doing that. So uh, fun for all ages. And I mean, that's the thing. It's a place that you can go and not just look at these historical things, these planes or, you know, in the back, the dirigible, if you will. People can experience it and on the open cockpit day, sit in them and experience what the pilots and the crew experienced in that plane for themselves. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I know my kids, we've gone a few times. And just for them to sit there and be like, whoa, that's pretty cool. It really is an experience. Um, 
you know, it's uh, it's not the kind of museum where you come and just look at stuff. Uh, we want people to uh, interact and engage with our collection. Uh, obviously, we have some things that um, you know not everybody can can necessarily climb in, but we do have, especially on open cockpit days, a variety of planes that people can actually get in, feel what it's like to actually fly an aircraft like that. Um, the, the other thing that we have that makes it a, a really unique experience is that we have a, a, a group of docents. These are our museum explainers. They're all volunteers, and they all have different types of aviation or aerospace manufacturing backgrounds, uh, and they, they help bring the aircraft to life. They talk about how and when these aircraft were, were used and what made them unique and, and who flew them. Um, tremendous stories that, that allow people to, allow people's imaginations to really uh, expand and, and visualize themselves in, in the world of aviation. And that's something where, you know, you know, you can go to museum, an art museum or a history museum and take it in. But to have someone explain, you know, what it was like to either, like I said, manufacture or fly or be part of the time when that plane was in use. There's something that can be said about that for an experience for an adult and a child, a child that you're not going to get anywhere else. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of the aircraft that we have that go back to, you know, the 19... Uh, 17, 19, 18, you know, just a few years after, after manned space flight, uh, manned uh, uh, flight began, um, it, you know, there were aircraft where, where somebody, you know, people built these themselves in their own garages and then got in and flew them. And people don't necessarily understand that that's how space, that, that's, that's how flight uh, originated. Um, it was people just doing this on their own because they had a passion for it. And there was no FAA back it. then. <laughs> I'm sorry? There was no FAA back then to monitor no, these things. There was no regulation. There were no guidelines. There wasn't even a really good understanding of what kept an airplane up in the sky. So uh, people were, were really very innovative and very courageous. And that's the thing. I mean, you think of a museum, but then you think there's planes and aircraft housed inside of it. And the, the museum itself has expanded and is very expansive now. Yeah, we have three uh, large hangars, about 90,000 square feet of exhibit space. Uh, so we, as I mentioned, we have about 60 aircraft. We also have a wide variety of, of engines from uh, a, a long period of time. Uh, we have other exhibits that pay tribute to uh, different individuals or organizations from here in Connecticut uh, that, that played a major role, whether it was in uh, aerospace manufacturing uh, in World War II and, and Korea or Vietnam. So, you know, we like to look at the, the entire history of Connecticut's role in uh, every aspect of aviation. And, you know, we'll jump ahead a little bit. One of the those, you know, niche events coming up in March is Women Take Flight. Women are taking a very big role in flight and space travel nowadays. And I think it's awesome that you guys are, you know, theming days and calling out things like this that should be highlighted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Women Take Flight has, has been one of our uh, signature events for, for a number of years, trying to get uh, more uh, girls involved in aviation and aerospace and to showcase the accomplishments that, uh, of uh, achievements of women in those fields as well. Um, that's coming up on, on March 7th. On April 4th, we have our, um, our Space Expo. Um, this is another annual event, and actually on that day, we'll have uh, a female astronaut coming to speak, and uh, there's an opportunity for people even to come early and have breakfast that morning with the astronaut and hear her perspective on 
uh, what it's like to be in space and what it's like to be an astronaut. I mean, that's just cool for adults, young and old. I mean, for children, adults, space, you know, travel, exploration. It all started, like you said, at home in someone's garage trying to get a piece of something to fly far enough and long enough. And now look where we are. Not that far in the past to where we are now. That's something that, you know, I... I'm still in awe over, and I think a lot of people are, how fast that flight and space travel has gone in such a short time. That's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, when you, when you walk through the collection and you see from, you know, 1917 an, a, an aircraft that somebody built in his garage where he had to actually sit kind of outside exposed to the elements um, to just, you know, 20 years later, we had fighter planes flying in, in, in uh uh, well, actually, just a few years later, we had, we had fighter planes in World War One. Uh, we had much more advanced planes in World War Two, and then you know the jet technology after that just took off. Um, but and, and I, you know, I can't emphasize enough the fact that what we really try to do is showcase Connecticut's role in all of that from the beginning right up until now. And one thing too, I, I'm sure you still do it. It's been a while since we've been. I got to get back up there. Is it's. What I like to think of is it's a working museum. There's still restorations and things happening every day on the grounds of the museum. Yeah, it's fun. We, we have a restoration hangar out back where uh, we've got a couple of aircraft currently being restored. Most of what people see um, in our uh, exhibit, exhibit hangars has been restored by our, our crew of uh, volunteers. Uh, incredible work that, that they've done. And then you know, every now and then, if you come, especially on a weekday, uh, you may see our, our restoration guys working on uh, an aircraft right on the floor in one of the hangars. We have a DC-3. Uh, we just got a grant to finish to refinish the interior. So it's on the exhibit floor, um, but we've got our restoration guys in and out of that uh, aircraft working on it, getting it done so that people can go inside it in the future and see what it was like to actually be in uh, one of the earliest commercial aircraft. Because, yeah, there, there was no Wi-Fi and TV back then in those planes. I mean, I think, you know, if people or younger children are flying now, if some, you know, a 10, 12, 13-year-old teenager went to Disney World now versus having to go back in those planes, I don't think they realize the, I'll call it simplicity of the planes from an era bygone versus today's modern airplanes. You flew kind of, uh, I don't want to say roughing it, but it was it was not the most comfortable ride. Well, I mean, you know, you may have had a little more leg room back then, I'm, I'm sure. But, True. Um, uh, but you're right. I mean, it wasn't. you didn't have a lot of amenities necessarily. It was pretty basic. It was to get you from point A to point B. That was about right. all it was meant to do. That's and, right. you know, what are the hours of the museum? Or how, how can people get some more information if some of the stuff we're talking about this morning kind of piques an interest in someone? Yeah, so our website is, is easy, www.neam.org. Um, and you can find all the information there about our events upcoming. Uh, we've got a, a great calendar of events throughout the year. Uh, our hours generally are um, uh, 10 to 5 every day. This time of year, we're closed on Mondays, but during school vacation weeks and during the summer, we're open seven days a week as well. Yeah, because with President's Day coming up, that 16th, 17th, 18th, that weekend, you guys are going to be open. That's correct. So that, that Monday, the, uh, the 17th, will be open. Uh, but yeah, we'll be ho- open that whole weekend. Uh, drone day is come is that Saturday the fifteenth, and then we have uh, some 
fun activities for the next couple of days when kids are off from school. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. We got slingshot gliders, paper air pl- or paper planes, which we all know how to make a paper plane. Whether or not it flies five feet, that's a whole nother question. <laughs> that, that's right. And we have, you know, one of one of the things that we like to show is, um, you know, what makes one plane fly further, fly faster than another. So, you know, it's not just a matter of, of folding the paper or, or making something, but our public programs folks are there to show uh, you know, the different forces at work, drag and, and, and gravity and lift and, and how you can actually take an, an underperforming paper airplane and make it into a, a, a great paper airplane. And then, you know, if after that, the kids and the families go tour the museum, they can see that in life size. You know, why is this plane's wing shape this versus this plane's is like this? This one might be more maneuverable. This one was flying at faster speeds. They can experience that visually and understand it. So that's something that you're, you're not going to get anywhere else. Right. And, you know, the, the one comment we hear most often from people coming the first time, you know, people will walk in and look at the exhibit hangers and, and the first words out of their mouth are, wow, I never knew you had so much here. Uh, so, you know, for us, we, we just want people to understand that, you know, if they come up to the museum, this is not a place where you just see three or four aircraft. Uh, you see 60 different aircraft from a long period of time. You learn about them from our docents. You interact with them. Uh, it's really quite an experience. And I, that's one thing I want people to understand. You know, go to the museum. It's an experience that you'll remember, and you'll want to come back because, like you said, there's things still being restored. The the, the floor, I guess, if you can call it that, changes, and the open cockpit days allow you to get inside of those planes and understand what it was like to be a pilot or a crew member of those aircraft back in the day. And I think everyone should get out there. Again, joining me this morning is Ron Katz. He's the Director of Advancement and External Relations for the New England Air Museum. It's easy to get to. It's right behind the airport. It's something I think everyone should do in this state at least 15 times in their life because there's little things you're going to pick up on. And one, one question I ask a lot of my guests is, if someone's coming there for the first time, what is one of those little hidden gems that someone should take away from them in your mind? Oh, wow, a little hidden gem. You know, we, we, just, we have items that you can't see anywhere else in the world. Um, we have a, a VS-44 that was built by Sikorsky. Uh, it's a flying boat. It's the only one of its kind in the world. Uh, likewise, we have a blimp car from a, a World War II blimp, um, fully restored. And that's what I, I think people need to understand, that uh, when they come into the museum, they are going to see at least a few things that you can't see anyplace else. And that's that's it. You know, like I said, I, that Flying Fortress is amazing. It's something that, it's history right here in the state that you should get out and go visit. And I appreciate you joining me this morning, Ron. Again, New England Air Museum. It's neam.org. Visit the website, get some more information, check out their hours and events. There's always things going on. Hopefully we get some people out to the museum, Ron. I appreciate you joining me this morning and have a great day. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be with you. All right, that was Ron Katz, the Director of Advancement and External Relations at the New England Air Museum. It's something everyone should visit. I've been there. You know, it's been a while. I'll admit it. You know, if there's anything out there that you want me to highlight or talk to about on this show, email me at WTICcomments at entercom.com. That's WTICcomments at entercom.com. Shoot me an email. I'll get in touch with the event or the organizer and get them on the show because that's what we do here because great things happen at home in Connecticut. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080.
<sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.